Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for your big book study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, November 11, 2022. Today we are reading from the big book. We're in more about alcoholism, page 41, the second paragraph, starting with, as soon as I regain my ability to think, and ending with, it was a crushing blow. We're just reading that paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Christine G., 12 Traditions, Elizabeth D., starting off reading the text, Amarie M., page 164, it's Loretta H. Our newcomer greeter is Ramona A., second hour host is Nancy C. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, November 10, 2022, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,626. The 10 a.m. meeting is 19,627. And if, um, check to see if you are on mute and hear a little bit of background noise there, please press star one. All right, the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supported through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry, carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Oh, our sole purpose. Always fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and a practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Christine G., to read the 12 steps. Thanks, Russ. Christine G., a compulsive overeater in Virginia. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you. Next up is Elizabeth D. with the uh, tradition, the tradition. Good morning, everybody. 
12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, Elizabeth recovered in Cincinnati. <clears throat> One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. <clears throat> Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never be, <clears throat> never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. <clears throat> Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share, keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and our readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're in more about alcoholism on page 41, that second paragraph, as soon as I regain my ability to think, ending with it was a crushing blow. And we're reading one paragraph only. I will now ask Anne-Marie M. to start us off today. Good morning, Russ. This is Anne-Marie M. in South Carolina. Um, gratefully recovered through God's grace and by working the 12 steps. As soon as I regained my ability to think, I went carefully over the evening in Washington, 
Not only had I been off guard, I had made no fight whatever against the first drink. This time, I had not thought of the consequences at all. I had commenced to drink as carelessly as though the cocktails were ginger ale. I now remembered what my alcoholic friends had told me, how they prophesied that if I had an alcoholic mind, the time and place would come. I would drink again. They had said, though I didn't, I did raise a defense. It would only give, it would be, it would, one day give way before some trivial reason for having a drink. Well, just that happened and more. For what I learned of alcoholism did not occur to me at all. I knew from that moment that I had an alcoholic mind. I saw that willpower and self-knowledge would, help, would not help those strange mental blank spots. I had never been able to understand people who said that the problem had been hopelessly defeated. I knew then it was a crushing blow. And boy, I really relate to um, this, this paragraph. Um, not only had I been off, off God, I had made no fight whatever. I, I would think, I just, I just picked up the food and there was no reason. I had no idea. I had no idea why. And I remember early on, one of my very many relapses or going back to the food, um, I, I, um, I remember how they prophesied that if I had an alcoholic mind, the time and place would come that I would drink. And I thought, that's the reason why I picked up those people in OA have, have twisted my mind and got me believing that I can't control my food. <laughs> Um, the first 20 years of my uh, of being in and out of OA, I really didn't believe in the the uh, addiction part, the uh, allergy of the body, and I just I just remember thinking it was you know it was their fault you know and I I didn't go to OA meetings for a little while back then. Um, the other thing was um, I have here I don't remember what I don't know next to what I had learned of alcoholism did not occur to me at all. You know, I, I can't remember. I didn't know what I didn't know. And um, I also have a note here on page, uh, in the 12 and 12 on page 23, um, well, in, in page 42 of the big book, um, I saw that my willpower and self-knowledge would not help in those strange mental blank spots. And on page 23, um, they're talking about, you know, perhaps you're not an alcoholic at all. Why not? Um, why don't you try some controlled drinking, bearing in mind, um, meanwhile, what we have told you about alcoholism. And it says, this attitude brought an immediate and practical results. It was then discovered that one alcoholic had planted in the mind of another the true malady of this person could never be the same. And I, once I knew and believed about the addiction of food, uh, you know, the allergies that I have to some certain ingredients, I could not eat safely again. I, it, it, it was a total, once I, once I picked up, it, um, I just couldn't, I, just, I couldn't compulsively eat without having any guilt. Um, and I, you know, I just saw that will self, Self-knowledge would not help in those mental blank spots. And I finally, it took me so long. Um, and even after that, 
uh, with the algae. I knew about the algae. I learned about the algae from uh, people who studied the Dig Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I still had doubts. You know, there were still some things I thought that I could I could still have Diet Coke, a diet, well, diet Pepsi, actually. And I didn't want to give that up, of all things. You know, I was willing to give up all the sweets, you know, the real hardcore stuff. But I Fine. thought I could... I could I could still um, control some of the other things. So it took me a long time. Thanks, Russ. I'll pass. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Now we're going to open up the floor for sharing. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so others could share their experience too. So if you share it on Wednesday or Thursday, please step back. And please hit me one at a time so I can hear everybody. All right, who would like to share on page 41? Linda D. Linda. Blanca B.G. Blanca. Stephanie R. Stephanie. Carolyn S.H. Carolyn. Who else? We got ample space and time. Don't be shy. Matthew G. Matthew G. Pedro. Pedro B. Pedro. And we'll take one more. That would be a pretty good list. All right, we got Ramona. That's a great list. All right, Linda D. Blanca B. G. Stephanie R, Carolyn S.H., Matthew G., Pedro B., and Ramona A. Linda, you are up. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. from Connecticut. And I'm uh, I'm recovered, but I'm not cured. So I thought I'd drop by the meeting today because I want to save my life. That's not a joke. I have um, an alcoholic mind, and if I think about the word mind, I didn't always do this, of course, because I have this disease, and it didn't go anywhere, but I've practiced a lot, and I'm old, so gosh, it took an awfully long time, as it did you, I imagine to even get to the point where I would even consider, yes, there's a solution, and yes, it's a mental illness, because it is. There's something uh, organically wrong with my brain, and it isn't going anywhere today any more than any other day, except I'm with you, and you keep reminding me, your presence, all of you, all 11,000 of my closest friends, that's no joke either, remind me that I have to keep growing. I have to let this experience of God, uh, higher power, expand, and it takes courage, and it takes a lot of feedback from people, a lot of help. I need literally all of you. I never know where it's going to come from. And 
I, this information that I'll need because God is so incredible. I could I could never imagine how incredible. Today I saw the moon just before it disappeared behind a cloud and I thought, Oh my God, how do you do it? How do you do it, God? You're doing moon, you're doing stars, you're doing everybody and everything all at the same time. And it made me cry. And I'm not embarrassed to say that. It is such an incredible experience to to grow with this. But there's part of me, I like to think of it as the lurking notion. The one, the part of my brain that is so frightened of life and of all the mistakes that I have made and of all that I have to learn. I mean, it's all piled into one heap. And now I have to do it. No, I don't. I get a lot of company. And the basic company is God or higher power, whatever you want to call he, she, or it. It's magnificent. And I cannot do it. And I will not do it alone. I need all of you. Thank you so much for saving my life. Bye-bye. Thanks, Linda. Next up is Blanca BG. Followed by Stephanie R. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Oh, thank you for your service. Thank you so much, everyone uh, that's on the line, uh, my brothers and sisters in this fellowship. Um, this is Blanca BG from Central Florida, and it's unbelievable how every single relapse I ever had started exactly as it is written in the book. Once again, as it is written in the big book, every single one, when I look back, I thought, I, I'll be okay. I can just do this this once, and I'll be all right. <clears throat> I can handle it. And there it was, and there it would begin. And I wasn't equipped, I wasn't equipped to handle the fact that without a solid, a solid and sturdy place to stand, I was going to fall right through, right through the floor, which I clearly did again and again. But let me just go back a moment and and say that, as ridiculous as it sounds, I saw no connection between my overeating and my emotional state. I I never, ever imagined there was a connection. I didn't know there was a connection between my trauma that I suffered as, when I was little to being directly related to my addiction. <clears throat> I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't aware of that. I didn't have the mindfulness that this program eventually was able to give me mindfulness, awareness. Uh, I didn't, like they say, I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, so I I continue, and I continue, and that has not changed. I continue to, to make sure that I'm spiritually and physically, mentally fit, and I must remain that way at all times, never take my guard down, 
never, because this disease does does kill. It will take my life if I do not continue to hold on to my mindfulness and my awareness and last but not least, acceptance. And have all the mindfulness and awareness in the world, but you must be willing to accept your life, the reality of your life, and not need, not have that desire to eat, to get over the pain. There's no getting around it. You've got to go through it. And on that, I will pass. Thank you, Bonka. Next up is Stephanie R. followed by Carolyn S.H. Hi, Stephanie R. from Missouri. Um, really just wanted to claim my seat today, and really I related to the mental blank spot because when I was in the food and really deeply into my disease, I really blanked out as if on a serious drunk uh, from the food. I, I just blanked out. I had lapses in my memory where I had no idea how I got to this point where I was eating so uncontrollably and was in so much pain. And I just wanted to say how much gratitude I have today that those mental blank spots um, can come, but, but I can snap myself out of it because I have my tools to use. I have people I can call. I can stay aware and I can pause. Oh, it's so important for me to pause and just say, God, what am I to do today? What am I supposed to do in this very moment? Because I'm confused. I'm going to my place of um, not listening to you and listening to my ego. And when I pause and ask for that guidance, I really do hear God just gently guiding me to a place of serenity again. And I don't have those mental blank spots as, as frequently. I mean, I don't think I've had any recently being recovered and that's just the grace of the program, and my hum and I humbly thank you all for being here every single day, so I can stay aware of my disease, the progression of my disease, and my desire to stay in recovery, because I being close to my higher power gives me that knowledge that I can have the serenity that I choose to experience today. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you all for being here, and I appreciate it. Thank you. So next up is Carolyn S.H. Before before you jump on there, uh, I want to let you know where we're at in case you came on to the meeting a little later. We're more about alcoholism, page 41, second paragraph. As soon as I regain my ability to think, ending with, it was a crushing blow. Just that paragraph. All right, Carolyn, you're up. Thank you, Russ. Um, good morning, everyone. This is Carolyn S.H. in Massachusetts. Um, yeah, so I am on uh, day two of abstinence, um, and, uh, I, I have all, uh, a lot of mixed emotions about that. Of course, I'm kind of disappointed, but also I am so grateful. I'm, I'm like, this paragraph is, I, um, this is one of those like higher power moments where <laughs> I dial on and I hear exactly what I need to hear. Um, so I've been um, like coming to kind of like Fred here 
Um, and, you know, the first sentence I hear, as soon as I regain my ability to think, and that kind of happened yesterday. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I, um, I am newly kind of um, in step one in a way that um, feels, this might sound weird, but but um, refreshing and like I just I I um, I the fact that Fred like um, I've underlined almost the entire paragraph but um, the thing I saw that willpower and self knowledge would not help me in those strange mental blind spots um, I've kind of come to um, realizing that I have been trying like I. I've had this belief that I should be able, um, and I know this is somewhere else in our book, should be able to um, uh, eat and drink like, quote, other men. Um, And I think that's in, I don't know where that is. Um, But, um, and, and I think over the past year or less of my marriage, you've seen, um, fairly newly immersed in a in a huge family dynamic and of course coming out of COVID just seeing with that constant not constant but a lot of dinner parties and a lot of social gatherings um feeling like this inner belief that I should be able to eat like everyone else is eating right now and all that um and actually trying to and um nope can't do it um and uh, and finding myself on the couch eating a whole bag of something that um, I shouldn't be eating, <laughs> and and that really affects my my mood. And one thing I'm grateful for, I totally haven't um, timed myself for us. I hope you are. Um, but uh, uh, time. Um, is it time? Okay. Yep. I, I I've said enough. Thank you. Thanks, Carol. And next up is Matthew G. Followed by Pedro. Hi, this is Matthew G. In Paris, France. Um, a grateful, compulsive overeater, and so grateful for this meeting. Just wanted to clean my seat, as we say, and and and, and just just big book study has just saved my life completely. I, um, I, um, have been abstinent uh, since, uh, February 23rd of this year. And it's just thanks to you guys and, and, and using and this, this meeting in particular. Um, it's just awesome. And, and I, um, yeah, just grateful that I was able to, to identify and to, um, you know, grateful that I'm also an alcoholic and drug addict. I've been clean and sober since uh, um, October 16th, 2018. Um, and grateful that I was able to find out what it meant to be a compulsive reader. And then I definitely am the real deal. Um, and just so grateful that I found a solution and worked the steps with an awesome, awesome sponsor and, and uh, have a sponsee and, and, um, have um, been able to to to, to find a, a, a power greater than myself to 
to to to provide a mental defense that um, that spoken about in this that mental defense that we don't have as a human. We need a you know a power that's not human. We need a supernatural power, and um, I found that thanks th- and I really found it thanks to to you guys and and, and using this big book of, of Alcoholics Anonymous to uh, to 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 have this wonderful life that I've turned over to a God of my understanding. Um, love to you all and have a wonderful day. I pass. Thank you, Matthew. Next up is Pedro. Hello? Pedro, come on, buddy. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your service, uh, Ross. Thank you, everybody, my brothers and sisters. Um, yeah, my name is Pedro. Uh, I am a composable eater. Uh, grateful to be uh, be here at this moment and uh, to be uh, recovered at the moment. Uh, I realize that uh, I'm just one bite away from uh, from be eating compulsively. Uh, I'm not cured. What I have is a daily reprieve. Um, yes. Um, so uh, I mean, I can relate to uh, to this so well, you know, because uh, you know I've been in and out uh, for years, and uh, I haven't been able to uh, to stay abstinent. And I'm trying one more time, you know. So if you're new, welcome. Um, stay. No, I'm not going to say keep coming back. That's what I need to do. I need to stay here, whether I eat or don't eat. This is where, where I find the, uh, where I found the, the love and the recovery that I need. Anyways, uh, yeah. So um, not only have I had been off guard, I had made no fight whatever against the first drink, first bite. This time I had not thought of the consequences at all. Never think of the consequences. I had commenced to eat, drink, as carefully as thought it was water, I would say. Um, and I remember my alcoholic friends had told me, they prophesied that if I had an alcohol. So I have a mind of a compulsive eater, without a doubt. If I didn't have a mind of a compulsive eater, either, I wouldn't be eating. So I had to believe that to, you know, to the core of, 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 my, of my being. I would drink. I would eat again. Eat again. This is it. That, uh, though I did raise a defense, it would only one day give away. How many times have I, my thinking given away into, I don't know, you know, uh, what idea or what, you know. It, it gives, it, it's like, it goes out of the window. You know, it's this so cunning, bustling, and powerful, this, this addiction to, uh, my alcoholic foods. Uh, um, so I would give away to some trivial reason. Yeah, because of this or because of that. Well, just that did happen and more. But I had, I had learned of compulsive overeating did not occur to me at all. I knew from that moment that I had the mind of a compulsive overeater. I saw that willpower and self-knowledge would not help me in those strange mental blank spots. Oh, my goodness. Those mental spot, uh, you know, is is 
You see, they say, you know, that the main problem of the alcoholic center in his mind. That's all. Oh, my goodness. Boy, I need I need to uh, thank you, Ross. I'll wrap it up. Thank you very much. Everybody has a, a great weekend. Thank you. Happy Veterans Day. Thanks, Pedro. Next up is Ramona A. And then we'll take another list. Okay. Hi, Russ. Thank you for your service. This is Ramona A. in Vermont. And I do apologize, Russ, that I didn't check in earlier. Um, and uh, I am totally available to be the newcomer greeter. So from this reading this morning, I can see and from everyone's shares that um, how often, it just reminds me of how often I did uh, eat without thinking. There were loads of times that I would say, you know, I had an excuse. Oh, we're doing this, this project is hard, um, I'm on vacation, I'm this and that. And I would eat without, you know, thinking that that was going to make a big difference or I didn't didn't want to care. I did care about the results later, but I didn't want to care at that time. But there were times when, just like Fred, nothing was wrong, and I would just just eat. And I remember one time in particular having guests for dinner, and I ate something off my food plan of red food and didn't think twice about it. You know, and the next day I thought. Why on earth did I do that? You know, I haven't done anything like that for a long time. So I was so grateful when I finally found Overeaters Anonymous. I found that it existed and and um, it was a program other than just a food and diet program, which I needed because I had done the pay and ways and, you know, I lose and gain and lose and gain, and that didn't do me any good at all. But OA did, OA did. And even when I had had a relapse after coming into OA, I thought the only thing that ever worked for me is OA. The only thing that ever worked for me is these 12 steps and this trust in my higher power. And that's where I really, really need to be. Um, So I came back, well, that was many years ago, but back and and I don't intend to leave again and uh, it keeps me you know the constant work the daily work keeps me from this thinking that I know it all it keeps me from the pride that says this won't hurt me again or I don't have to say that or do that I do I do I'm like everyone else and I'm so grateful for everyone's shares here that let me know I am like all of you and uh, and and uh, yes I can I can um, call on people too and I can call to help people too and what a wonderful feeling that is so with that I pass thanks Ramona <clears throat> all right so we're in more about alcoholism page 41 second paragraph as soon as I regain my ability to think Ending with it was a crushing blow. We're just reading that paragraph. We're sharing on that paragraph. Who would like to share on that? Toby Glenn S. Amy G. Okay. I got three. I got Toby. Mary Pat I. 
Hold on, hold on. Amy G. I got Amy G. Then there was... uh Toby K. Toby K. But there's two more. There's two more. Alexis Alexis and then Mary Pat. Alexis F. So I didn't get Mary Pat's... uh, First initial, we'll get it. Mary Pat. Okay, Mary Pat. So we'll see what we got. So we got Toby W. Lynn S. Amy G. Toby K. Mary Pat I and Alexa Seth. Toby W, you're up. Thank you, Russ. Um, my name is Toby W from the Boston area. Um, <clears throat> as I'm listening to um, people sharing and I'm realizing that I need to remember what what this disease has done, what the disease has done to me in the past. And it was, when you talk about not thinking, I mean, my mind was blank. And I come up with these glorious ideas that I can eat like a normal person. And I walk into the bakery and I buy something And I take it out to the car, and it was a beautiful spring day. And I open up all the windows and the the sunroof, and I sit in the car, and I'm eating what I bought. And I think this is normal. And that's the insanity of the disease, that I think that that's normal, and it's okay for me to do it because, I don't know why, because. I don't know what even to fill in because that's what I think. And today, thank you, God, I'm staying close to the program, staying close to my higher power. And thank you, God, I'm not there. But I need to remember those times. I need to remember what it felt like afterwards. And it was total insanity. And the steering wheel was so sticky from the food that I had eaten. And I don't have anything to really wipe it with. And this is the insanity. I'm trying to wipe it off with the saliva from my tongue. If that isn't the craziest picture, I don't know. But today... At, what is it, 20 minutes to 8, I'm abstinent, I'm talking to my higher power, and I'm waiting for answers, and I am gloriously, gloriously happy, even though my life is very, very different, and it's really hard living where I'm living, and with that I pass. Thank you, Toby. Next up is Linus, followed by Amy G. Good morning. This is Linus, recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Fred's story always has a special significance for me because I had a Fred, literally. The guy's name was Fred. 
And these two lines, I had never been able to understand people who said that a problem had them hopelessly defeated. I knew then it was a crushing blow. Fred and I both were in relapse at the same time. He in AA, me in OA, and I went to that AA meeting because it was very strong and we developed a connection as two people in relapse do and tried to help each other along and Fred just could never seem to put it together. He'd get some time and then he'd go out again and then he'd get some time and he'd go out again, as did I. I mean, it took me eight years, but Fred just... He just kept, you could see the progression of the disease and it kept going down and it kept going down. And then, you know, he ended up in treatment centers and it went down and it went down from there. And every time he came back and, you know, this was the best thing that ever happened to me because now I see and now I know. And and then there would be another episode and he would be out again. And I hadn't seen Fred for a while at the meetings and I said to somebody where's where's Fred and they said oh Fred's dead he uh drank himself to death they tried to get him to come to a meeting he was had finally been sort of kicked out of his house he was living in a motel the guys went to get him to bring him to the meeting and he wouldn't come and they checked on him later that day and he was dead in the hotel room and that's a crushing blow, but it uh, it just makes me think, here we are all talking about this. We're still here. We have a chance. We have the ability and the opportunity to recover. Why am I here now, eight years later after relapse, and Fred isn't? I don't know. I am so grateful. Recovery is here. Um, Fred's story always touches me. Thank God that we are all here and we have a chance to recover. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Lynn. Next up is Amy G. Hi, Russ. Thank you so much for your service. What an awesome meeting. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. So, yes, it was a crushing blow. They say this is a program of ego reduction, and boy, is it ever. I mean, if I think about it, and we review the last couple of paragraphs, you know, in Fred's frame of mind, and I'm not making it up, he says his frame of mind is that he felt very confident or self-confident that it would only be a matter of exercising my willpower and keeping on guard. So before this mental blank spot, I mean, Fred is in a frame of mind where he's like, look, I got this. He doesn't even want the program, Right. And the crushing blow for me is that I come into Overeaters Anonymous, and, and I, I want to stop, and I still can't, right? Fred wasn't even interested in stopping. He's like, yeah, okay, what you guys said is kind of cool, but whatever, right? And I'm in OA for years, st- admitting that I am powerless, and I am still not understanding the true nature of my illness when it comes to the mental obsession. This is the only disease that talks to me in my own language. You know, a sick mind can't heal a sick mind. But not only that, my mind knows all of my tricks. And it knows what to tell me to get me to think that somehow, some way, the best idea I have all day or no reason whatsoever, you know, standing five bites in front of the refrigerator 
and fit her the refrigerator five bites into a binge going, how the hell did I get here? I never truly grasped for years the true nature, nor willing to accept it. And finally, we call it the gift of desperation. It is a we program, but step one for me is that there's only a decision that me, myself, and I can make. It is a choice, and I have to make that choice to truly understand that of myself, I cannot fix myself, and that I need a power greater than myself to restore me to sanity. Call it God, Jesus, Buddha, the universal vibes of a tree, the power of the program, my sponsor, whatever it is, it's got to be greater than me, because I cannot fix me. Once we engage with the mental obsession, for me, I'm gone, I'm toast, and I'm still gone decades later. That is not something I want to play with. And so I had to surrender to the fact that I was powerless and I had to choose. And if that I truly understood the nature of my powerlessness, then I was going to do everything in my power, right, to work this program like my hair's on fire and put the food down and work these steps. And that's the only way that it worked for me. One day at a time, it still does. But that is the true nature when I wanted to stop and I still couldn't. Don't walk out five minutes before the miracle. Keep coming back. But yes, at one point, I had to make a choice. And what was that choice going to be, right? To pick up the spiritual tools laid at my feet, i.e. the steps and this program, or to go ahead and eat myself into oblivion. For me, there was no middle-of-the-road solution. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Amy. All right, next up is Toby K, followed by Mary Pat. Alexis, I think we might not have enough time for you. We'll see. See how these shares go. Toby K, you're up. Um, thank you so much for hearing me. This is Toby K. Um, right now in Florida and originally from uh, New York. So, um, uh, what do I say? Um, really like Fred, um, I had, I had a, you know, pretty good day and, um, talking to, uh, friends and I, I was a good mood. I had a, a nice haircut. I was really thankful for that. And, um, but then the thought entered my mind. I can't believe it, but it happened. Um, my husband ordered some food for us, and usually, and always, I ask for steamed uh, chicken, let's say, and vegetables, and it came with sauce. And the last time it happened, I threw it out uh, because I said, this is not for me. But this time, I don't know, I I gave in uh, to the dis-ease. Um, like I keep writing, this is, this is, this is. Um, and I thought I could wash it off. But I did wash it, but it wasn't measured. It wasn't weighed. It was it was very haphazard. And um, I said, you know, this does not feel clean to me. It doesn't feel right. But I just kept going till I ate the portion that uh, that it was. And even had some more vegetables stuff to alleviate my conscience. Like it, that made sense. It was it didn't make sense. So I could really um, uh, identify. 
with Fred that things were, you know, pretty okay. And um, I was feeling good, but maybe underneath there was an undercurrent of fear. Like somebody said, after COVID, all your social obligations come up and sometimes all at once. And I think I did have that fear. How am I going to handle this? How am I going to handle that? I have to go here. I have to go there. Blah, 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 blah. And um, <clears throat> I succumbed to, the, to washing this um, food. So um, like Fred, there was something going on in my brain that I wasn't aware of. And um, I guess I was projecting, worrying about the future instead of just focusing on one day, this one day, this one minute, this one time. So I really appreciate hearing all the shares, and thank you so much for being there. I pass. Thank you, Toby. Next up is Mary Pat I. Hi. Um, good morning, Russ, and everybody. Uh, thank you for your service. I'd also um, like to – I'm Mary Pat I from Akron, Ohio, compulsive overeater. <clears throat> I'd like to thank our – Veterans out there, happy Veterans Day. You afford me a really good life that many people around the world can only dream of. And um, so uh, it was a hard way for me to wake up this morning listening to this. Uh, Not only had I been off guard, I had made no fight whatsoever against the first drink. I had no thought of the consequences at all. And um, and that definitely is, is me as a compulsive overeater, um, not thinking of the consequences of, I just didn't even have any, uh, concept. I think of it, uh, with, you know, gaining 185 pounds over my, my healthy weight. Um, I, I was, a, a, uh, compulsive overeating or this obsession, this addiction, I was my master. And, um, so I saw that willpower and self-knowledge would not would not help in those strange mental blank spots. Um, I had never been able to understand people who, who said that a problem had them hopelessly defeated. I knew then it was a crushing blow. And um, so I'm, I, I grapple with my, my heroin addict son. So um, with regard to addiction, um, you know, I am this alcoholic in this paragraph. I am every alcoholic that is in this paragraph. I, I'm every compulsive overeater that has the alcoholic mind and the allergy of the body in this, uh, in this meeting. And my son is me. And um, there, you know, as far as for with the no defense, uh, I, I, I did raise a defense. Um, as far as so with this this alcoholic or any addict, uh, there there is no defense on my own accord. Um, the but there is one. I do have one defense, and um, that is my higher power. Uh, I wouldn't have uh, on my own will other than him giving me the gift of desperation to to look to look to him for for saving me out of this addiction. And um, so now I have a better understanding of, uh, of my son with that, that he has no more of a defense than I did unless, um, you know, he finds, he finds the one who does have the power to help. Uh, 
God helped me, my higher powers, God of the Bible. Um, he helped me. Uh, he, he left the 99 to come save me. And so um, I guess that that's all I have to say. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Mary Pat. And Alexa, you're in luck. We timed it pretty good. I'm not great at all this, so you are up. This is Alexis Ness in New Jersey. Thank you. Um, we go around, it's the fall now, and as we see the beautiful leaves and the colors of the fall falling, we say, oh, he's, he's showing off again. In the summer, when we see the beautiful flowers, we say, oh, he's showing off again. In the winter, when we see the snow, we say, oh, he's showing off again. And in the uh, spring, when the spring flowers come out and the buds on the trees start to come out, we think, oh, he's showing off again. I live with my daughter, and I'm very fortunate. I have the life of Riley living with her. She does practically everything for me. I'm disabled. And... um I'm very grateful for that, and I'm very grateful for this program. When I first came in, there, there was one girl who brought me back to the next meeting. It was the last year, and she said, I'm just so grateful to be here in a broken voice. And I thought, this is a way to save my eternal soul. And I was very religious at the time. I've since been stopped being religious and uh, began to develop a spiritual life because of this program. Um, I don't know whether I have, you know, the greatest spiritual life, uh, but it is developing, and I have to say that it's growing. Uh, so, um, you know, even if it's in the early stages. It's uh, better than where I was, and if I only compare myself to the past where I was, then, uh, you know, I'll continue to grow in my own eyes and in God's, I hope. Thank you. Perfect timing. Thank you so much, Alexa. Alexis, sorry about that. Alexis F. is our last share, and we thank Everyone that shared attended the meeting, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study, me with file and closing. And I just lost my share ID here. There we go. There it is. So today's share ID, Friday, November 11th, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,632. That's 19632. All right. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Loretta H. please read a vision for you? A book is meant to be suggested only to keep you until then. Good morning, Russ, and everybody on this line, along with my precious God, who is saving my life today, Loretta H. recovered in North Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose to you 
and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past, give freely of what you find, and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, thank you for letting me be